Oh, the wait is almost over. That's right. Education Minister Stephen Lecce says that parents will finally get next week what they've been waiting all summer for. We're still not exactly uh, sure what the plans are, but the government says that they're going to... uh, They're going to let us in on their plan for back to school, and they say they're committed to a conventional day-to-day return. Annie Kidder is Executive Director of People for Education, and she joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Annie, good afternoon. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Good. Okay, from an educational standpoint, is that the first and best option, this conventional day-to-day return? Um, I think you can't divide educational uh, and safety and all the other kind of factors. I think the best hope everybody could have is that all kids are back in school all day, every day with teachers and support staff. I think there's no question that would be fabulous. But we have this other reality, which is, uh, you know, COVID and the kind of changeable nature of of how we're doing in that regard. And also reports from, you know, places like Sick Kids saying that it's very important that when kids do go back to school, that we're practicing all of the kind of health and safety requirements we need to. Uh, so, you know, again, there's no simple answer here. Yet what would be really nice is that is not having a pandemic. <laughs> I think that would be the <laughs> best thing. And also knowing what's going to happen next, which is also very, very difficult to know. Yeah, absolutely. Things are shifting uh, all the time and rather quickly. And you're right, there's so many uh, competing voices, Mm -hmm. uh, competing opinions, quite frankly. Uh, What are you looking for from the government when they make this long-awaited announcement next week? Uh, What specifically do you want to or do you need to hear from them? I think clarity, for one thing. So, okay, if if their goal is that all kids will be back in school all day, every day, uh, then... um, are they going to provide uh, increased numbers of resources or more funding basically for things like cleaning schools, for things like uh, support staff that may be de- needed because there are a lot of people saying that kids are going to really struggle at the beginning. If they're going to suggest that kids are going to go back to school and be in what they described before as kind of, you know, small bubbles, 15 kids to a class in elementary school, different kinds of setups for high school, then there will need to be more teachers. Uh, are there going to be resources in place for more teachers? So boards, you know, have been really struggling because they haven't had clear direction from the province, but they are saying um, in order to keep kids safe and to do this properly, we'll need more buses, more custodians, uh, more support staff, um, personal protective equipment. I was just reading an analysis of how this was done well in other places, and you can definitely do it, but one of the suggestions is, you know, should kids be, you know, either wearing shields or masks? So there's a lot of factors that have to go into it. And you're, But you're really right to ask from an educational perspective because we also hope that we're thinking about it, you know, how's the... How can we best ensure that kids are getting the education that they need? Yeah, it's funny. I was about to ask you about that very question about face masks, because it's best case scenario if we all agree that uh, being in the classroom on a day-to-day basis is best educationally for our kids. Uh, Are we looking at 15 per class uh, at desks that are separated by two meters, six feet, everybody masked, and the teacher either masked or with with a face shield? Is that what's been kind of going on in in other places, other jurisdictions? 
Yeah, in the ones that seem to have done this fairly successfully, I was just looking at Japan and Uruguay, like a whole range of places. And face shields more than masks for little kids seem to be, they're easier for kids to keep on. They're not, I mean, I don't know if you've been wearing a mask, they can be really, really annoying after a while. And we do have to think about the teachers and support staff that they need to be safe too. But also, you know, if we're going to have groups of 15 with, you know, staying six feet apart, we have to think about how much space that's going to take up. So there's a possibility then that in communities across the province, we're going to need to be looking at what can municipalities provide in places where schools are already full. Uh, can kids be in community centers or in public libraries? And again, um, I think there's a strong possibility we'll need more support staff, more, you know, child and youth workers or educational assistants. And especially when we think about the beginning beginning of school. There are, these are kids who won't have been in school for months. They are, some of them, teenagers who, you know, are maybe haven't been learning at all. Um, kids who may be freaked out or struggling with anxiety uh, because of the situation we've been in. And the grown-ups also, um, a bit uh, nonplussed by, by, by the world that we're living in right now. So we have to take all the human things into consideration. We have to understand it may cost more. And, and, and I guess it's, it's remembering that, um, you know, this is, this is an, it is unprecedented. We are in an emergency. I think that the other thing for us that we've been calling for for months um, is a, as a kind of task force, a, a sort of my husband keeps calling it a war cabinet. That's what we need. But we really need teachers and the government and policymakers and uh, researchers and principals and directors of education, uh, support staff, all in a room together, all collaborating to, to make the best possible plan. And the worry right now is the province hasn't been doing that. It seems to be making its plan uh, mostly by itself. Well, you know, that was uh, another question I had for you, because there's so many different stakeholders here, and you just named uh, most, if not uh, all of them there. I mean, school boards, teachers, parents, yeah. students uh, themselves, uh, health officials, of course. You would think that there's got to be all of those people around the table to make uh, the best decision possible, and we're just not certain that that's happened? No, I mean we, you know, the government did have its 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 health its COVID table, which had did have people from health uh, and a lot of government policymakers at it, and there have been one-off conversations with chairs of boards and with uh, directors. We've had conversations with the government, but really, because this is such an extraordinary situation, we really it. It is vital that you know every creative mind that we can get people with experience and expertise. And you're totally right; it has to include health and social services and principals and students. Absolutely, understanding from particularly high school students how their experience of the three months before school ended was, what needs to be done to ensure that we're not kind of losing kids in high school, childcare people. Like, they, we really need that kind of collective mind uh, to figure this out because the other problematic or <laughs> challenging thing right now is which everybody acknowledges is this could all change on a dime all the kids could go back to school it could be working you know pretty well for two weeks and suddenly things could change or they could just change in a few communities and not other ones but if suddenly numbers start to spike again uh, then everybody has to be able to pivot and I've been talking to directors of education who said teachers have to be ready to teach you know everybody in class 
everybody online or a combination of both. And they have to be ready for all those scenarios from the very start. That's a lot to ask. Absolutely. And the clock is ticking here, as you well know. I mean, we're about to go oh, yeah. into August, so we're about four or five weeks away from the start of the uh, school session or school season or school year. And we're just going into stage three of the reopening in the province uh, around the GTA. Toronto yet to get to uh, stage uh-huh. three. We would think maybe in the next couple of weeks, uh, perhaps. And we don't know what sort of effect that is going to have on the numbers. And we probably won't know until very close up to the start of school. No, and we don't know, you know, will there be a second wave? How bad will it be? Like, there there are a lot of unknowns in this, and we all have to give each other whatever a break and go, nobody knows. So you can't demand that somebody has all the answers. Um, but it is. We are now, you know, yeah, just not, only a few weeks away. The other things are let's not introduce a lot of other new stuff. Like, I mean, there is new math curriculum. It's great math curriculum. It's really great that it's there. But maybe this is not the time to be also trying out new things while we're trying to get ready. And I think that it's the people who... Well, yeah, I mean, we really have to think about the students. We really have to think about parents who have really been overburdened with this. Um, But it's the people who are working, people who are trying to make this work uh, in schools. They need to plan. And anybody I've talked to in a school board, they've all been working very hard right now. And I think even that's been hard for them. They were told, you know, give us your plans by August 4th. Now, instead, we're hearing the government's going to tell you uh, what your plan should be. So in some cases, um, some boards are going to have to go back to the drawing board, so to speak, uh, because they will have built a plan that the government's going to say, no, 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 it can't look like that. Well, listen, a lot of good questions, a lot of good issues raised here. And, of course, we will all be listening intently to the Education Minister, Stephen Lecce, when he takes to the podium uh, next week. Uh, Annie, thanks for the time, as always. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. There goes Annie Kidder, Executive Director of People for Education.